the world's most exciting podcast, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I'm Michael Savage, host of the Savage Nation podcast, home of borders, language, and culture. Hear my new podcast each week as I speak with top guests from around the world. Right now, we have over 700 shows in our library featuring interviews with world leaders, scientists, faith teachers, and more, including President Donald Trump, Prime Minister of Israel Ehud Barak, Edward Teller, the father of the hydrogen bomb, Jerry Falwell, and so much more conversations and commentary you cannot find anywhere else. Other guests have included Samuel Cohen, the father of the neutron bomb, Breitbart's Alex Marlowe, the great author Peter Schweitzer, Colonel Douglas McGregor. Be here or be nowhere. The Savage Nation podcast. Catch the Michael Savage podcast on all podcast platforms every Tuesday and every Friday. I hope you had a great 4th of July. I had a great one. Personally, I had a great one. I was on vacation. I was with my family. I got to travel a little bit, some time off. It was all wonderful. Unfortunately, we collectively, America, me included, of course, we had a really crummy 4th of July. This is not, this is not the way we should be feeling right now, especially on a holiday. Hey, Lee Greenwood, classic song, right? Who doesn't love Lee Greenwood? Turns out a lot of people, and they disagree with him. And actually, well, some of Lee Greenwood's famous song, it almost seems like it doesn't count anymore, or it doesn't apply. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. Yeah, that song, I know. I've cried, you've cried, it's beautiful. But let's break it down here. The first part, proud to be an American. Yeah, right? That's a given. Not anymore. Not anymore. Did you see this disgraceful display? Uh, the hammer thrower, right? Proud to be an American. When they played the national anthem, she turned away in a huff. This is catching on. This is considered cool with roughly 40, 50% of the country blowing off America, not feeling proud to be an American. Are you proud to be an American? No. I feel embarrassed to be an American every day. I think a lot of things about this country are really embarrassing. Just like, I mean, racist history, colonization, even currently, just what's going on with politics and the cops. Um, not really in this climate. No, like, I'm a black person. So obviously I experience a lot of... Uh, you know, there's like oppression that comes with that. Be proud of what? And what is there to be proud about if you're black and being like, you know, because it's just like it's a, still a lot of stuff that goes on for black people. I think that's a complicated question for me. I think I, I, I think most of the time, no, at least over like the past four years, um, it's been tricky to, you know, love to be an American. OK, they're embarrassed by America. I'm embarrassed by them. But at least they're just expressing an opinion, one that I <laughs> totally disagree with, but it's just an opinion, a feeling. There are some lunatics calling for the ugliest type of action. 
join us back <laughs> after you recover from your holiday weekend and do me a favor, burn an American flag if you get a chance. If you see one, burn one. Burn an American flag. Yes, the American flag itself is a symbol of, you guessed it, racism. And it triggers people. The New York Times uh, studied all the kinds of people who like the American flag. And guess what? There's an undercurrent of racism. Of course there is. Of course there is. What Michelle Obama was talking about all those years ago, finally coming true. Let me tell you something. For the first time in my adult lifetime, I'm really proud of my country. Yeah, she was only into her country when Iowa voted for her husband. How about this again, this not being into America, all over the place on the left. Governor Cuomo. We're not going to make America great again. It was never that great. <laughs> and how about Barack Obama's right-hand man while he was in the White House, a guy named Ben Rhodes. He was very prominent in Obama's inner circle. He has a new book, and this is his reaction. Now that there's a president or was a president he didn't like very much, it turned him off to the entire country. I look at the flag that once stirred such emotion in me and feel absolutely nothing. All right, consider this, though. This is bad stuff, but it's not that alarming. The elites, the sophisticates, they always thought patriotism was corny, was beneath them, was for other people. But there's the other part of the song that actually seems to be applying less than ever before. Listen. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. Where at least I know I'm free. Does it feel like we're free? Hmm? Does it really feel like we're free? Are we free to say whatever we feel about last November's election? Are we free to say however we feel about men, women, that there is a man and woman, transgender issues, if we possibly don't comply with the LGBTQ community on everything? Are we free to say that? Will our employers be okay with that? What about race? What about faith? What about Dr. Fauci? Are we free to do all of these things, to say what we believe? No, obviously not. There can be massive repercussions. And who's running the show right now? A couple of folks. We got the mob, we got big tech, and we've got mainstream media. They are keeping everybody in line. Some. A lot of people are just kind of blowing them off, and I love those kinds of people. I like to think of myself as one of those kinds of people. Um, but this is a dark time, and people don't feel free. Some people are not free to go to the bathroom in peace. Have you heard about this story from Los Angeles? The We Spa, uh, you know, the spa where women and men go for, I don't know, massages, pedicures, all that kind of stuff. Sit in the whirlpool for a while, I don't know. So uh, at the We Spa, they have a men's locker room and a women's locker room. However, if you self-identify as whatever you feel like that day, I guess you can go into whatever locker room you feel like. This brave woman did not like that one bit. And she made a statement right after she was in the women's locker room and a biological man came walking in. I'm up here at the at the Wee Spa and a man, OK, comes in slinging his penis. I, I, I almost want to fall out. I couldn't believe what I saw. I couldn't believe that this man, OK, and these people up here and you got some women scared to say something. Baby, I'm not scared to say a thing. The blood of Jesus. 
Well, good for her for not being scared, but a lot of people are speaking out <laughs> and wanting to have a moment of peace and tranquility in a spa in the women's locker room. And someone, a person who identifies as a woman, even though they're not a woman, can just walk on in there. That's not right. It's not right. But her display and capturing all this on video, look at what it wrought. So let me tell you what's going on here. The woman in the purple showed up in solidarity with the woman who was inside. And Antifa shows up and they call everybody else a transphobe and they almost made this woman run into the street. She almost got hit by a car. Sooner or later, by the way, we're gonna lose somebody. If we haven't already, I think we're running the risk. Of course, the cops showed up, understandably so. Violence, look at the reception they got. Again, this all stems from someone who identified himself, herself, whatever, as transgender, even though they were anatomically a man and felt that they could go into the women's locker room and a brave woman said, that's not okay. And she wasn't alone. And all hell has broken loose. Is this crazy? Oh, the press showed up. I don't know if this is mainstream media or what, but a guy with a camera wanted to document it. Look what happened to him. Look at this. This is uh, literally mob rule. Mob rule. And the mob believes that a, forgive me, person with a penis belongs in the women's locker room. That's why they're so upset. That's what's driving all of this. That doesn't seem right. And mayhem on the streets like this, it doesn't feel like a free country. Comply or die, huh? This is strange stuff. But remember this. The thing that they're using as the biggest excuse against to justify all of this nonsense, January 6th. January 6th. If you raise any question these days about anything, particularly the election, you are a threat. You're a threat. Because you have concerns about the fairness of uh, last November. You helped fuel January 6th. That's why they're hyping it beyond all proportion. They've got to hype it, hype it, hype it. And they've got to pretend that people like Jacob Chansley, who, let's face it, is a bit of a clown with his horns and his makeup and all that stuff. Anyway, he was there on January 6th. He's back in the news today. Why? A judge has ordered that he remain in jail. He's been there for almost six months. He didn't break anything on January 6th. He's not even alleged to have broken anything, and he didn't hurt anybody. This person's a political prisoner, and America is not a place where we should have political prisoners. And America is a place where you should be able to <laughs> shoot your mouth off if you want to and not have to worry about the consequences. Within limits, you know, fire in a crowded theater, that kind of stuff, but this was the worst 4th of July that I can remember. But I have a feeling we've got some great ones ahead. I'll be right back. Real heroes. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now, there's a place America gets its news. Newsmax, we're real news for real people. Millions are turning off the old channels. And switching to Newsmax, the fastest growing cable news channel in America. No agenda. No spin. Just the facts. Millions watch us, so can you. Newsmax, we're real news for real people. 
Have you checked out the Newsmax Daily Podcast with me, Rob Carson? You get daily news, insightful commentary, and believe it or not, comedy. Check it out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or at NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? I'm not the only one with the Trump impression, and I've seen some very good ones out there. Folks, I am glad President Trump is talking about Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt, of course, the military veteran who was killed on January 6th. Now, we've been talking about Ashley Babbitt a lot. You can see, if you've looked at this tape as much as I have, you'll know that she was unarmed, she wasn't warned, she wasn't posing a deadly threat, yet she was shot and killed by presumably Capitol Hill police. That's wrong. That is wrong. That's indefensible. Yet, nobody seems to care. Democrats, certainly not, even Republicans. But I was very gratified to hear from the president this past weekend. And by the way, who shot Ashley Babbitt? Who shot Ashley Babbitt? Who? Who shot Ashley Babbitt? We all saw the hand. We saw the gun. It's a great question, and I'm so glad he's asking it. So few. We have here President Trump, Rudy Giuliani, very, very few. Almost no one in the media, no Democrats, hardly any Republicans. Yeah, who shot her? Why? What happened here? We'll keep asking those questions. I will every single night. All right, folks, we also have this. Uh, Looks like we are screwing up the withdrawal from Afghanistan, just like Biden Obama screwed up the withdrawal from Iraq. They screwed it up so bad, they gave rise to ISIS. ISIS came about because of our hasty and unprofessional withdrawal from Iraq. It's happening again in Afghanistan. The Taliban is taking over, it seems. The Afghan army, which we supported, handing over their weapons and equipment, most of it is American-made, it seems, back to the Taliban. What's going to happen next? Oh, take a look at this. We didn't even give the Afghan uh, commander of the Bagram Airfield a heads up that we were leaving. Crazy, right? Oh, the military is not taking care of logistics on this scale, but they are paying attention to critical race theory. I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America. This is a political animal who took his eye off the ball, and we are paying and will pay the consequences. Folks, you heard about uh, Donald Trump's chief financial officer in the Trump Organization being indicted. It's a total joke of a case uh, regarding personal expenses. This is a civil matter at best. Everybody seems to know that who's reasonable. Uh, President Trump, former, talked about this at the rally. They didn't go after Hillary Clinton and her foundation. They didn't touch her. They leave Democrats alone, no matter how bad they are. But they've mobilized every power of government to come after me, my family, my wonderful employees, and my company solely because of politics. They want to do things to hurt us. So true. And you know where I realized this case was a scam 
When I looked up where Alan Weisselberg lived for a bunch of his life, this house in Wantaw, Long Island, all the way through 2013. Now, he was paying taxes on this house. If he wasn't, believe me, they would have gotten him for that. Uh, and they say he should have been paying city taxes in addition. This, folks, is a totally bogus case. And look at how they treated him, bringing him in like he's John Gotti. I mean, with a total disgrace. We're with you, sir. All right. Also this, I think Donald Trump's, one of his big mistakes was not making good on what he promised he would do if elected to Hillary Clinton. If I win, I am going to instruct my attorney general to get a special prosecutor to look into your situation because there has never been so many lies, so much deception. There has never been anything like it. He was right. But he's not as ruthless as you think. And what did he do once he was elected, President Trump, President-elect Trump at the time? You called her crooked Hillary, said you wanted to get in jail. Your people in your audiences kept saying, lock him up. Yeah. Now, she do did, you want she to did put some a, bad things. I mean, she I did know, some bad things. I know, but a special prosecutor? You I think don't want to might... hurt them. I don't want to hurt them. They're, they're good people. I don't want to hurt them. Ooh, Mr. President, I'm sorry, but that was a mistake because they want to hurt you and they did and they have and they are and they will. Maybe investigating the best defense is a good offense. I think he may come to regret if he hasn't already not doing what he would said he would do in that debate. All right. Also this. With the most recent act by the Russians, would you say that this this means We're that not sure it's the Russians. Okay, with I spot gunning. I got a brief on the, as I was on the plane. That's why I was late getting off the plane. Uh, I'll be in better shape to talk to you about it. I'll tell you what they sent me. Okay. Uh, that uh, and. Um, uh, the fact is that uh, I directed the intelligence community to give me a, a deep dive on what's happened, and I'll know better uh, tomorrow. And if it is, uh, either with the knowledge of and or a consequence of Russia, then I told Putin we will respond. And, uh, you didn't but, tell him already, sir? No, no, I haven't called oh. because we're not, we're not certain. Putin is scared to death, huh? Oh, <sighs> All right, that was weak. Biden off teleprompter is, uh, well, just as bad as Biden on teleprompter. On July 4th, though, he was feeling some mojo, and it reminded me of a couple of things. Trump said that America is unique. Unlike every other nation on Earth, we were founded based on an idea. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all people are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, Reminded me that he's a liar because it reminded me of his campaign video when he actually declared for president. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. We've heard it so often, it's almost a cliche, but it's who we are. So sincere. You know, when he pours it on like that, he's faking it. Because in that video, he based his entire campaign on a lie, the Charlottesville lie. 
And that's when we heard the words of the President of the United States that stunned the world and shocked the conscience of this nation. He said there were, quote, some very fine people on both sides. Very fine people on both sides? This whole presidency really is based on a lie because you know by now if you watch this show that President Trump uh, specifically disavowed and condemned neo-Nazis and skinheads and white supremacists at that very moment. So Joe Biden is a confirmed liar. We Americans, we believe in honesty and decency and treating everyone with dignity and respect, giving everyone a fair shot, demonizing no one. Greeting everybody with respect, huh? Huh, Joe Biden? That's not you. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Anyway, it was a sad 4th of July with this guy. And I do want to point out something good is coming down the pike. Even though the mainstream media have given Joe and Hunter a pass, there's a book coming and it should be a doozy. Uh, it's called The Laptop from Hell, and it's by Miranda Devine over at the New York Post. Hunter Biden, big tech, and the dirty secrets the president tried uh, to keep from us. It comes out this September, and it should be awesome. All right, now this. Black lives do matter, not the way the Black Lives Matter movement says. They only care when a black life is taken by a white cop. No Black lives matter. All lives matter. And uh, a lot of lives were unnecessarily lost this weekend due to violence, especially in Chicago. Well, across the country, you can see 500 shootings, 233 people killed, 618 wounded. But the worst of it was in Chicago, the epicenter, if you will. 104 people shot. 19 of them were killed. At least 13 of the wounded were children. One of the victims was 19-year-old National Guard soldier Chris Carvajal. He stepped outside of a party on the northwest side of Chicago when someone drove by and opened fire. He was visiting his family at the time. They say he was never in a gang, did not hang out with the wrong type of people. Uh, just a horrendous situation happening all across the country. We are so sorry for that family's loss. He was just 19 years old and a true patriot. We'll be right back. If you've had it with the old news and the same spent, well, then Spicer and Company's your place for the inside story and for the facts that you need to know. Antifa, look at them. Antifa is out of control, it seems, or maybe they're very well controlled, tightly controlled. And they have an agenda. No one has covered Antifa like our next guest. He knows so much about them. Andy No, he is the editor-at-large of the Post-Millennial. He is an author. His book, Inside Antifa's Radical Plan to Destroy Democracy. Again, Andy No has covered it. He's gone inside, it seems, at times. And he's provided the world with incredible footage at great risk to himself. Andy, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing okay. Thanks for having me on. You bet. I want to start in the Wee Spa in Los Angeles. This is a, uh, you know, a spa where people go for massages and pedicures. So a woman was traumatized when a man essentially walked into the women's locker room. He identified as, uh, I guess, a transgender. This is what happened. She made a video. I'm up here at the at the Wee Spa and a man, OK, comes in slinging his penis. 
I almost want to fall out. I couldn't believe what I saw. I couldn't believe that this man, okay, and these people up here, and you got some women scared to say something. Baby, I'm not scared to say a thing. The blood of Jesus. Andy, that's a brave woman, but that is also a natural reaction. Antifa has a very different and had a very different reaction to what happened in that we spot. Can you tell us, please? Yeah, so that video, or one of the other videos from that woman uh, last week had, had gone viral where she was complaining to the staff of the Wee Spa in Los Angeles about this alleged incident where a person exposed their penis to women and girls. And in response to that, some grassroots um, women's rights groups uh, and conservative activists organized a protest outside the Wee Spa for last Saturday. And um, to no one's surprise, the SoCal Antifa, the Youth Liberation Front, which is another Antifa cell, uh, organized what they said was a counter demonstration. But of course, whenever there's involvement of Antifa, there's an expectation of violence. And that's exactly what happened. So the small number of protesters outside the We Spa were outnumbered by Antifa and their allies. And the people that were assaulted included journalists, women, older women, um, people trying to mind their own business, um, people of color. So the violence was quite indiscriminate, and um, the LAPD ended up declaring an unlawful demonstration as the violent protests became essentially a riot by Antifa yep. uh, in the middle of Wilshire Boulevard. Well, some amazing footage was provided. And let's just reiterate, though, there, the protest, the original protest would say women in the women's locker room, men in the men's locker room. I mean, this is not particularly, wouldn't have been controversial, say, uh, three months ago or two minutes ago, but suddenly that's a controversial opinion to have in Southern California. You mentioned uh, an older woman who was targeted and harassed. I think she's wearing a purple shirt here. Again, she feels that women should be in the women's room and men should be in the men's room. And look at how she's treated. And Andy, you mentioned the police showing up. Uh, let's watch the skirmish between the cops and Antifa now. A real... <laughs> A standoff. And also, you mentioned the media. A photographer was chased off by Antifa. Let's take a look at that, please. I'm not sure what's up with the umbrellas. They want to shield it from other observers. What is up with the umbrellas, Andy? Yeah, it's one of their most common street tactics. So it doubles, one, as a weapon, where you jab it in somebody's face or eye. Two, they also use it so that they can block uh, cameras and prevent uh, security cameras or journalists from recording when their comrades are engaging in violence. So there were more than five people that were assaulted that day, and the violence went on for hours in the morning. Uh, as far as I know, law enforcement made no arrests of any of the violent Antifa. Um, they did detain some of the people who tried to fight back on the right. I don't think they were actually arrested, though. But it comes to show you that like in Portland, uh, in Seattle, and other places where the left-wing politics has dominates uh, an urban area, um, law enforcement um, are not your allies for people who are 
practicing their First Amendment rights. Law enforcement, not our allies. Now, I did see law enforcement there. They did come out. Tell me, characterize what they were doing, because they were I thought they were trying to help. There were some instances where police detained people who are actually victims of violence by Antifa. Uh, it's from my understanding from my sources that they do that because when it's a mob of Antifa versus, let's say, one victim, it's much easier and less resource intensive for them to detain or arrest the one person, even if they're actually the victim, rather than to take on the entire mob. But I think the message that that tells Antifa and to other violent extremists on the street is that we just mobilize in large numbers and we can go after people with impunity. Police won't arrest us. And in fact, police, if they do intervene, they will take away the victim rather than uh, addressing those who are the violent aggressors. Finally, when d the FBI director a few months ago said uh, Antifa is an idea, he didn't seem to think it was a real organization. Do you know Antifa like few do in America? I only have a few seconds left. What was your reaction? What did you think when he said that? Well, if it's not abundantly clear that Antifa organized violence based on their own Twitter posts from SoCal Antifa, you can look in the video footage that they brought their own literal banner so that their comrades knew where to meet up. And they were using it as a shield in some places to block the cameras when their comrades are carrying out violence. So just look at what they say and what they do. Andy No, we appreciate it. Uh, take a look at the book. I look forward to reading it. It is Unmasked Inside Antifa's Radical Plan to Destroy Democracy. Thank you, sir. Be safe out there. We purposely don't reveal your location because Antifa would like to know where you are. Thank you very much. Uh, Grant Stinchfield is standing by. Hey, Grant, uh, nice to see you again. How are you? Good to see you, Greg. I'm great. I hope you had a good fourth. I missed you last week. I was in New York and uh, was looking for you. All right. Well, uh, sorry I missed you. I was in Florida. Uh, so what's up? What do you got going? So we're kicking off our series on Iran, really an investigation all week long into the dangers Iran poses. And Greg, I don't know if you heard about this, but they tried to launch a satellite into space last month, towards the end of last month. It didn't go well. They want you to believe this is about space exploration and satellites. It is not. It is very nefarious what they were doing there. I'm going to explain all that and why it is such a danger to America on the show tonight at 8 o'clock. All right. Well, I'm glad it didn't work the first time. we got to be careful about next and what's coming. Grant Stinchfield, looking forward, right. and uh, we'll be right back. It's our America. We built it. Courage. Freedom. Millions go to Newsmax when they need to know. Start today on the free Newsmax app. Newsmax is real news for real people. So we're getting out of Afghanistan after nearly 20 years, but it looks like we're getting out in a very sloppy, haphazard manner that could mean long-term bad things for America. We see here uh, Afghan army troops handing over their weapons to the Taliban. Now, we've been supporting the Afghan army. I don't think this is how we wanted it to go down. Also, it looks like we got out of Bagram Airport so fast they didn't even tell the Afghan commander of that airfield that the United States was leaving. This is not, I believe, the way it was supposed to go down. But let's bring in an expert, shall we? General Keith Kellogg, a former top national security uh, advisor to uh, President Trump and Vice President Pence. He is now the co-chairman of the Center for National Security at the America First Policy Center. Sir, welcome back. How are you? I'm really good, Greg, and thanks for having me. You bet. 
This looks like a disaster. Uh, it looks like under Joe Biden, they did not plan and they did not, they're not executing this withdrawal well at all. Yeah, let's uh, step back a second, if we can. I happen to agree with uh, President Biden and also President Trump that we need to get out of Afghanistan. We're involved in the civil war, we're involved in nation building, people forget that the Taliban are in fact Afghans. Here's the difference, though. It's how you get out is very, very important. And there's a tale, really, of two administrations here. And I look at the personal side of the House, meeting discussions with people, and also the methodology you have, the structure of getting out. Let's start with the people side of the house. President Trump took a, a, a very key interest in talking to leaders of countries in the region on the withdrawing from Afghanistan. He personally talked to Prime Minister Khan of Pakistan. He personally talked to President Ghani of Afghanistan. And he also talked to Mullah Barader, the Taliban lead. In fact, we helped get Barader out of a Pakistani jail so he could be involved in the peace process. We brought him to Doha to work. We made an agreement with him in January, February of a year ago. When we're going through these peace negotiations, you will not attack American forces. And they lived up to that agreement. Part of that agreement was also that Ghani would be talking to Barada on how to come together on a negotiated settlement about getting out. Sir, so let, me, let me just jump in for a moment. Um, the, 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 the names, I'm not familiar with too many of them, forgive me. But the actual withdrawal, the images that you are seeing right now from Afghanistan, these are troubling to me. Should we not be troubled? This looks like we dropped the ball. And also that, that the headline where we did not tell the Bagram Airfield commander that the United States was leaving in a matter of hours. He did not know. Um, is this the way it should be happening? No, because the second part what I was going to discuss was the methodology. We came up with a methodology of reducing the forces at the same time we had gates to go through. In other words, Certain things would have to happen before we withdraw forces. But we had these gates set up April of a year ago. And as we met those gates, then the withdrawal would occur. So when we came to the inauguration day, we still had 2,500 troops in Afghanistan. The intent was we would withdraw them on 1 May if certain gates were met to allow us to withdraw. It seems to me they're just withdrawing precipitously without meeting any of these gates and walking out the door. You know, you don't leave an airfield like Bagram in the middle of the night and not tell anybody about it unless you're just trying to get out of town without anybody seeing you get out of town. That's a huge mistake going forward. And because of that, the military will see that and they'll start collapsing on their own. So I'm not too sure they had a real plan on how to get there. We gave them a plan. It was a good plan on how to negotiate that and not withdraw the final forces until certain gates were met to include a discussion of the peace process between Ghani and the Taliban. That clearly is not happening. Is there a danger? My understanding is we got out of Iraq in a similar fashion. It was hasty. Um, it wasn't well planned. It wasn't well coordinated. And that helped give rise to ISIS. I believe you were in the army at that time uh, as a general. Thank you for your service, by the way. Um, are we setting up the conditions for who knows what? in Afghanistan, uh, because it does feel very similar, deja vu all over again, to how we got out of Iraq. And you know what happened next. Yeah. Look, here's, it's a, it's a question of will. When President Trump talked to Barader from the Oval Office, he was very clear to the Taliban what the consequences would be if they started doing things, terrorist activities, or any activities like that, and that he would have significant consequences to bear if they did that. I'm not too sure that has happened with, with President Biden. 
because I know he's not talked to Khan of Pakistan, and I know he's not talked to Barad. And you have to set those conditions going forward. Right. If you do this, this will follow. That hasn't happened. We uh, had a little trouble hearing you. Uh, I think that's on our end, but uh, General, uh, we appreciate it so much. General Keith Kellogg, uh, good luck at the, uh, at the center there. To be continued for sure, and we'll be right back. time we're joined by mark simone of iheart radio great talk show host and ellis hennekin dow jones market watch columnist also a new york times best-selling author welcome gentlemen i just want to find out if you thought july 4th was as crummy for america as i did i enjoyed the heck out of it but mark i just feel like the country is uh we're divided it's uh kind of there's a miserable atmosphere out there and that old Lee Greenwood song about proud to be an American, at least I know I'm free. So many people are not proud. I'm proud, but so many other people aren't. And uh, I don't feel particularly free right now to say what I think about this, that, and the other thing. Mark, what are your thoughts right now? Hey, you're free. Just don't say it on television. Don't tweet it. Uh, don't tell anybody. Don't say that. Hey, uh, Ellis, uh, his whole campaign was, I'm going to unite us. I'm going to heal us. I'm going to bring us together. As soon as he gets in office, everybody's a racist, not just a racist, a white supremacist. He's created a whole new segregation. Here's a holiday for this group, a holiday for that group. We're all doing everything separately. Uh, everybody's getting canceled. What's going on? This is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And you're right. You can think these things, but good luck if you say them. You know, your employer might have an issue. Big tech might have an issue. Ellis, are you comfortable with what's happening right now in America? <laughs> Poor babies you two are, right? One of you has a national television show. The other has a hugely successful radio show in New York. You talk to millions of people every day, and, and you're not allowed to speak. I, I, think you're, I think you're getting a few nuggets out there. Let me, let me just say that. No, actually, I'm not nearly as depressed or as downbeat or as sad, sacky as you guys. I'm actually kind of cheery. Yeah, I feel free. All right. Yeah, well, you're well, free. What about us? Oh, get back. You're too bad. Cool, Look, there are normal people out there. There are cafeteria workers who are losing their jobs if they say the wrong thing about race. There are security guards who are getting into trouble if they say the wrong thing or react the wrong way uh, or use the wrong pronoun when it comes to gender. This isn't some you know, boutique issue uh, to, uh, for us to kick around on, on cable TV. This is happening across the board. And people are holding back. This is one channel. We got 95 liberal channels to choose from. We've got two conservative ones. So Ellis, I don't, I don't really buy that. I mean, we, we're very, we're a small little group, even though so many agree with us. Mark, your thoughts. Well, look at the view. They got 47 people on the panel. One is a Republican. She's got to go. She's off. Uh, hey, Mediaite, we love you. You're great, but. Uh, all you do is talk about everything you didn't like on Fox. Go after MSNBC. Go after CNN. You got 47,000 liberal news channels. If there's Fox or Newsmax or anything that looks uh, conservative, you try to sn snuff it out. That's not right. You should want this diversity. You should want this diversity. And I want to show you a little snapshot of what they're saying, uh, college campuses or people around college age. This went viral over the weekend. I think this is uh, Georgetown University summer students. Take a look. Are you proud to be an American? No. I feel embarrassed to be an American every day. I think a lot of things about this country are really embarrassing. 
just like, I mean, racist history, colonization, even currently, just what's going on with politics and the cops. Um, not really in this climate. No, like, I'm a black person. So obviously I experience a lot of, uh, you know, there's like oppression that comes with that. Be proud of what? And what is there to be proud about if you're black and being like, you know, because it's just like, it's a, still a lot of stuff that goes on for black people. I think that's a complicated question for me. I think I, I, I think most of the time, no, at least over like the past four years, um, it's been tricky to, you know, love to be an American. Ellis, I think that they uh, they represent a lot of folks on the left, especially the elite left, who have always thought that uh, patriotism, Lee Greenwood, proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. That was all cornball stuff. In that you know world. what they sound like to me? You know what they sound like to me? Like dopey 18-year-olds. Next week, they can be libertarians, and they'll be Nazis the week after that. I mean, that's, that's part of being dumb and young. Here's where I am on this. I'm for the free market and ideas. You know what? If you get if you get right-wing channels and people watch it, you'll make lots of money and you'll have a whole lot of them. And if you have uh, middle of the road, whatever it is, there's a huge, huge opportunity in this world for a wide variety of opinions. And it turns out there's somebody pretty much willing to turn up to hear anything. You know, uh, Mark, I, I just don't think Ellis, uh, no, with all due respect, Ellis, I don't think you really get it because obviously deplatforming is happening. Obviously, big tech is working against conservatives trying to stifle us. And they've actually come up with these sophisticated algorithms to keep conservative content away from the greatest number of people. It's not just uh, getting a hold of the media. Now you're getting a hold of the educational system. Look at these poor kids and what they're taught about how bad this country is. You know, any other country, China, Russia, where in the schools they teach about how evil their country is. And, and slavery was a horrible thing. It was 300 years ago and it was common in every country in the world back then. You got 22 million slaves right now in the world in several countries. Nobody says a word about that. They just go back 300 years and bash America over it. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Can you think of another country, Ellis, where they are so down on their own country? Really, yeah. where, where they're so like, Actually, I want to show you this picture of Gwen Berry, I, uh, where she turns her back on the American flag after she wins the hammer, which I didn't know was a sport, but it's a sport. It's basically a volleyball that they tie a rope to or something like that or a medicine ball. Anyway, uh, she's not upset because she's in third place. She's upset because they're playing the national anthem, which she finds somehow disrespectful of her. What other countries are like this uh, where, where they so openly disrespect their own country? Well, most, most free countries, people have a right to express their opinions. Here's what I like about America, honestly, is that we don't have to try to shut that stuff down. We can out-argue it, out-talk it, out-reason out some idiot that we disagree with. And the reality is, guys, life would be a lot more boring if we just hung around with people we agreed with all the time. I mean, I mean, look at me. I'm hanging out with you guys. <laughs> well, we appreciate it, Ellis, I think. Don't push your luck. Only kidding. I mean, I'm stupid a little bit, but I'm here, you know? <laughs> no, I just... Look, in the old days, uh, five years ago, I mean, there were certain things. We debated everything, but we rallied around certain things like the flag, wherever the flag is, like July 4th. We were proud to be an American where at least we knew we were free. And it just doesn't feel that way anymore. And I really actually, if I don't mind, do I have time? Jacob Chansley is still in custody. He is the horns guy uh, who was arrested in the aftermath of January 6th. And he's still in custody after all this time. He didn't break anything. He didn't hurt anyone. And it looks to me, look, he's a clown. I don't think he should have been there. Yeah, he broke the law. He can be punished.
But this is ridiculous. There are people who are accused of murder since January 6th who are already out on bail. And this guy's still in jail. Mark, it seems, talk about un-American. And ridiculous. We have this stupid no bail thing that Cuomo signed here in New York. Violent criminals, uh, multiple of repeat offenders, no bail. This guy trespassing unlawful entry, and that's all it was, not charged with insurrection, unlawful entry, and he's still in jail. Absolutely ridiculous double standard. Ridiculous double standard. Ellis, we'll give you the final word. Maybe. Well, let's just let's don't try to whitewash that thing, though. That's all I'm saying. Let's go figure out what happened there. Let's not hide from the facts. And then let's debate them, guys, even if we have different opinions about it. That's healthy. Well, don't here's one fact. Here's one fact. The only person who died that day, who was killed that day, was Ashley Babbitt. And there's not been enough attention about her. Mm. Not enough. And that cop, hero cop, anybody who joins the police is a hero in my book. But Me he too. was not killed by Trump supporters. And that is a big, fat lie that was told over and over again, and a lot of people are still telling it. Hey, we appreciate you both. Ellis Hennigan, thank you. Mark Happy Simone, floor. thank you. To be Thanks. continued, and we'll be right back. Well, I'm still proud to be an American, and we're working on the freedom part. See you tomorrow night.